Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Today on The Relatable Voice, we have a special and very well-known guest, DC Glam from the hip-hop group Tag Team. For sure, you know them for the hit Womp Daddy This, which is one of the songs I danced the most in my life. Welcome, DC, and thanks for being with us. Hey! Good to have me. You did that very well. <laughs> Thank you. She was so, worried, y'all. She was worried she was going to mess it up. I'm like, no, you're not. You're you're a professional. You did very well. I'm very, very Thank happy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This tell me, are you touring nowadays? How, what is happening with you these days? Well, there's a whole lot happening with me. I'm so tired, y'all. Let me tell you something. We have been singing this song called Whoop There It Is for 28 years now, and I'm tired. It's like Groundhog Day over and over and over. But I appreciate it. I I, um, I am thankful for everything that um, it has bought us. And these days I am an actor and I am a voice artist. Like voice artists will be, uh, you know, this week on NBC. That's my voiceover voice, right? And I do uh, search engine optimization and internet marketing, and I'm very good at it. So you can best believe that this podcast will be worldwide in a way that people have never seen. I promise. Wow. And yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've, my, you know, my rap name is DC the Brain Supreme, and they call me that for a reason because I figure things out, and I am relentless, and. I don't quit and I play offense and I will learn anything that I want to learn because it's about learning how to learn, right? It's not just good enough to learn. You have to learn how to learn. Wow, DC, I like this concept. I always felt that continuous learning is what keeps us happy and motivated. But I never focused consciously on learning how to learn. Please tell us more about it. So I've learned the ability to do things over these years that have helped me and served me very well in all my endeavors. And that is why today I still am relevant, just like I was in the 90s, because we do things all the time. And I have a forever hit record, Whoop, There It Is. And, um, you know, it's, it's a true testament of time that a record that was made in the 90s still holds true in the 2020s. That's remarkable. And it's a blessing. And I have a responsibility to all the party people and all the generations who love that record to do my best and give my all. And they're going to see the best of me continuously throughout my days. That's the best way I can explain it. 
Oh, that's so exciting. Yes, yes. I'm having fun. I feel like I'm 22 again and I'm about to be 55. And it's beautiful because the pandemic was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But, and I know that there's the other side of the pandemic, right? But we all know that. But the pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to me because it's it forced everybody to stop at the same time. You're right. This was an incredible and unique event. And, you know, we're all in the jungle together. You know, what are you going to be, predator or prey? What are you going to do with yourself? Are you going to lay in bed and watch Netflix for eight months? Or are you going to take this opportunity to reinvent yourself and to move forward because you know that this is not going to last forever. And I chose, you know, I had to evaluate my situation because I mean, I'm always working. I'm always doing good, but sometimes we need to stop and say, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> right. And I, that, that was that time to stop. What are you doing? Well, you can't do shows. You can't do this. What are you going to do? And I went back and I reinvented myself on voiceover. It's not easy to start a complete new profession from scratch. How did you tackle learning voiceover? Voiceover was very difficult for me because it just was. I started 10 years ago and I thought, hey, it's going to be easy. I could just whoop there it is my way through anything. But I was wrong. And it was difficult and I was frustrated and it was psychologically just brutal. But... I did not give up and, you know, I kept it going and I, you know, at the pandemic, I said, voiceover is what I'm going to do. So I went back, I, you know, got all my lessons and everything I do, I record. So I got all my recordings um, of voiceover and I went back and heard my first one in 2009 and it almost made me cry because I was so terrible. I had to listen to myself talk 10 years ago. Try it. Have a, listen to yourself have a conversation 10 years ago, and it's brutal. And I realized that it wasn't my coaches. It wasn't anything else but my hubris and me getting in my own way. But when I went back, and as cringeworthy as all that was, I, you know, because I'm an actor now and I didn't give up, I understood what they were trying to teach me now. But I didn't back then because there was a, there was a language barrier because I didn't understand the terminology. And once I understood the terminology, being an actor and not giving up on voiceover and continuing to train, I was like, I can do this. And the first voiceover I went that made the hair on my, on my skin just, ah, ah, it was just terrible. <laughs> I did it again. And I listened to the notes of my coaches. And for the first time in my life, it was truly angelic because that's the first time I'd ever had mastery over my voice. And I went through 42 hour sessions in the month of March of 2020, when everybody thought we were going to all turn, turn into zombies and start eating each other. Mm -hmm. And um, I came out the other end and I started booking like crazy because everything back then was about COVID, you know, yeah. we're all in this together. COVID, right? That's, that's mean, that's how everything, that's how every commercial was. And then in April, my acting coach calls me and says, hey, I need you in a movie. I'm casting you for this movie. So I'm in the middle of a cornfield in a pandemic shooting my first movie, right? Yeah, wow. called My Corona. And it's a documentary as well. 
Then a month later, I shoot my second movie, which is called The Mediator that's coming out this year. Then I book a Tyler Perry House of Pain, uh, you know, episode. And then here comes Geico. The infamous Geico commercial scoop. There it is. Sprinkles! Uh-huh. I saw it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And 2020 has been the best year of my life because I reinvented myself. I didn't quit. I changed my paradigm and I, I forged forward because everything has changed. Everything is new, right? If people are sitting there waiting for it to come back the way it used to be, they're going to be sitting there waiting for it to come back the way it used to be. And I'm standing in the frontier of everything new. And I'm looking at this mountain. And there's a reason that they say there's gold in them dark hills. Because I'm looking at a mountain full of gold that's all mine. And it's up to me to put in the work to extract it. Right. And that's what I've been doing. I've been reinventing myself. And the pandemic taught me that, you know, I made a promise to myself. I am not going to leave this earth until, you know, I'm not going to leave this earth regretting there's something I didn't do. Right. And a lot of times in life, we beat ourselves up for missed opportunities, for mistakes we've made, for all these little things that can still be traumatizing years later. And what I realized is that, dude, you've corrected all that crap. Right. <laughs> you've corrected that because, I mean, the opportunities that you missed weren't really opportunities that you missed because you just weren't ready. It wasn't just going to happen like poof. You laid a seed and then you had to work. That seed had to grow. And I tell people this all the time. It's like, there is no quit pro quo, right? You don't do something and then expect something back. The world doesn't work that way. You don't plant a seed and then in the dirt and then sit there and say, okay, seed, I need you to grow. Mm-hmm. Come on, seed, grow. Please grow, seed. Man, the seed don't work. I quit. Now, we all know people who've done that. We've probably done that a time or two. But what they don't realize is that, and what I realized, is that I have been planting seeds for years through all this hard work, through all this torturous tenacity, you know, this perseverance, this steadfastness, this never quitting, this learning how to learn, all my, all my hustle tactics, you know, came to bear and all those seeds, I planted so many seeds that now I'm standing in a forest opportunity that I could have never imagined. And it's up to me to prepare for all of it. Like people tell me, DC, you can't do everything because they see me doing this, that, this, that, that. You can't do everything. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can't do everything. But I sure enough can be prepared for everything, right? And they're like, yes, okay, that's it. And what they don't realize is the thing that they just disapproved of is the very thing they now approved of because I said it in a different way. Because preparation is doing everything. Preparation is doing everything you have to do to be prepared for the thing that comes your way if it does or not, right? And that is who I am. And that's who I will always be. Before I still got on the phone with you, you know, before, I, before we started talking, I'm coding, right? I'm coding JSON LD schema so I can be a better internet marketer. I had to learn that. I had to learn SEO took five years. Had to, no, actually, SEO took 10 years. VoiceOver took 10 years. Act, I've been acting for three. 
but I have a lifetime of experiences, right? And all these things that people would say, DC, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. That's what he used to say to me back in the day, right? Because I just, I was always hustling, right? And when you, you know, when I DJed in the clubs, you had to hustle. So if you're hustling where everybody else is hustling, well, somebody's going to steal your hustle. If you only got one hustle, you're going to be done. So I learned to have 10 hustles in the hole, right? So if you do steal my hustle, I'm like, congratulations, you did take my hustle. But here's my next hustle. Catch me if you can. And they're like, uh, what? Yes, because I prepare. And, you know, this is this is some advice that I got for everybody, because this is what I did. All my life and every job that I've ever had, which is very little, because I've always worked for myself. But when you're in a job or when you're in an opportunity to be more than you can be, be more than you can be. If you got a job you hate, don't hate that job. Give everything you got to that job. Learn everything you can about that job. Be, be, learn every department. Be able to do everything at that job you hate. Because one, you won't get fired. Two, it prepares you for a seamless transition to the next thing because you've acquired the skills because you did extra on a job that you hated. You, so you got to change the way you think. I'm not doing all that work. I ain't getting paid for all that. You getting paid for all that? Nope. Why are you doing all that work? Because it's called getting in the corridor. Like I, I've been a DJ for 30 years, but I'm not just a DJ. I'm your sound guy. I am your light tech. I do your graphics, uh, uh, your flyers. I do your calendars. I do your fashion photography. I do your television commercials. I do your video editing. I do your radio. I do all your commercials. And then in return, I've made myself invaluable to you. So you would have to hire 10 people to replace me. And because, because you would have to hire 10 people to replace me, you're not going to let me go to another club and do the same thing for them. You're not going to let me go over here and get some money. You're going to pay me everything that I want and some because you don't mind. And I'm going to have health insurance and I'm going to have a life insurance policy and I'm going to have full benefits because I did more than I was supposed to and I'm supposed to. And I made myself invaluable because that's the time to get better at your skills. You're worried about how much you hate a job when you could be learning. Right. It's how you switch your brain. you got to switch your brain to the other side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are completely right, DC. Often, we spend time and energy complaining about a problem or a situation. We should instead seize the opportunity and focus all our energy to prove ourselves and learn in the process. So this makes us much stronger and valuable in the long run. Let me tell you something. I do not worry about problems. All I think about is solutions, right? 
So even if a problem comes my way and it's like, how would I do that? Well, I think about the highest, most fantastical, far-fetched fantasy land, pie in the sky solution, right? And then I look at it and, and I see what it looks like. And it's like, dude, you're gonna need this much money to do that. And you're gonna need all this. That's not, man, that's a that's a big goal, but you see it. So what you do is you inch your way back step by step to practicality, right? And what you've done is you've made a business plan in reverse. And now you have a step ladder to success because you're halfway there because you thought differently because you didn't give up. You played offense and you're learning how to learn and all the things that I've been saying throughout this whole conversation. And it works like somebody, you know, one of the things that uh, like I can go back to my teenage years. I've always been like this. My friends would be like, man, I can't get no job. I drove around all day. I said, how many places did you go? Like four? Like you drove around all day, only went to four places? I said, I can get you a job in 10 minutes. It's like, you lying. It's like, watch. It's like, go get me the phone book. Back then, Yellow Pages, it's a big book. It's like a big, it's like a computer in a big book, <laughs> basically now, right? You know, it's Yellow Pages in the States. And I was like, where do you want to work? It was like, restaurants. I was like, okay. Go to restaurants, pick up the phone, say, hey, how you doing, A&A restaurant? Are you hiring today? No, we're not hiring. Thank you. Hey, A&B restaurant, are you filling out applications? Nope, not today. Hey, A&C restaurant, uh, I was just wondering if you're hiring. Heck yeah, I'm hiring. This girl just quit, and I'm short-staffed, and we've had good growth. If you come in today, I got a, I got a, I got a job for you. Bam, there you go. Right. Think about it. You could go through the phone book and call 100 places in a day and, and think about it. 100 places in a day. And there's always going to be a company where they've had massive growth, where they need people. Somebody got laid off. Somebody quit. Somebody got fired. Somebody just is not up to par. There's always an opportunity to work somewhere. There is no excuse. Right. Another example in uh you know, early 2000s, I, I'm i a licensed commodities broker because we had a kind of a bad deal with Wound, there it is. And I vowed that nobody would ever take care of, you know, take advantage of my money again. So I became a licensed commodities broker, you know, passed a series three exam. And I worked at three brokerage houses, right? While I'm DJing, <laughs> right? And I was like, hey, I want to start a hedge fund. I don't know what the hedge fund is, but I'm gonna start a hedge fund. Well, how can I tackle this problem? I said, hmm, this is the only time I use my celebrity. I said, let me call a hedge fund management company. I call a hedge fund management company. And I'm like, hey, my name's DC from Tag Team. Whoop, there it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I was wondering, you know, I've got a lot of money under, I can get a lot of money to invest in. I'm a financial advisor. And I can get Dominique Wilkins in prime time and all the actors and all the music artists and everybody down here. And I was wondering, um, you know, can I have a meeting because I need I need hedge fund management? They were like, heck yeah. You know, that was my favorite song when 10 years ago, blah, 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 you know. And I ended up having four meetings, one in New York, one in LA, one in San Francisco, one in Vegas. I'm in the Vegas meeting and we get past all the pleasantries. And I'm like, why should I let you guys, 
run my hedge fund. They're like, DC, because our, our returns are like this and this and this, and your clients will be happy with this and this and this. And I just keep asking questions, but they keep pitching me harder and harder and harder. And what they don't realize is while they're pitching me, they're teaching me. Exactly. And after I finished that round robin of meetings, I knew exactly what a hedge fund was and it wasn't for me. And, you know, there, you know, that's one of the things that I didn't move forward with, but sometimes it's not about collateral consequences, but it's about what did you get out of it? And I call that collateral sprinkles, right? Mm -hmm. And the collateral sprinkles from me going through that whole process was that year 2000, I would look at CNBC, a financial network and not understand what they were talking about. 2002, I could look at CNBC and now and understand everything they're talking about. You see what I'm saying? Learn how to learn. These are tactics, right? So another learn how to learn tactic, right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, with the whoop there, with the Geico commercial, right? Mm -hmm. They, you know, we're in a pandemic. So most people are like, are you happy you got a Geico commercial? I was like, no, because we can't go do shows, right? It's really a career booster. And I was like, but now it's really time to work because I got to figure out how to take advantage of a nationwide commercial, a worldwide commercial where everybody's going to see it. What can I do? Right. And this is another learn how to learn tactic. I tried to get a publicist and, you know, I mean, my agents for acting, we're trying to get a publicist and they're like, well, we don't know what to do. We're working from home. We usually do a junket. We usually fly you in and do this and do that. And I'm like, OK, thank you. I don't know why they won. They gave me every reason why they shouldn't instead of one why they should. But I understand. And whenever that happens, I join an organization, society or association. And then these organizations, they're filled with people who love their profession and have been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I said, I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And I joined the uh, Public Relations Society of America, PRSA. And two days in, I'm on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And I had this press release written for, because uh, I've do i I've done a press release before, but I had one written for Scoop for the Geico commercial. Mm -hmm. And I'm on this Zoom call with this big CEO of this PR firm. They let us ask questions. I raised my hand. I said, hey, um, our press release is still relevant. They're like, what's it for? I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat and they're like, wait a minute. That can't be him. Man, my kids love that thing. And the whole chat just blew up. And everybody's like, oh, I can't believe he's here. And everybody's just like, oh, my gosh. And the moderator's eyes are getting big. They're like, we like to welcome DC to the chapter. We're going to talk about that Geico commercial later. But but. Back to his question, our press release is relevant. And the CEO of that company said, yes, you're thinking right, DC, because the whole last year has been about COVID. Every story has been about COVID. Everything has been about politics and everybody fighting and everybody, you know, just being selfish and all these, the worst things of humanity. And here you guys come throwing sprinkles, spinning scoops, dancing, making everybody happy in DC, your smile. And I'm like, whoa, she said, yes, that press release is going to work. Not only is that press release going to work, you're going to go here for the TV talk shows. You're going to go here for all the other publicists. You're going to go here for all the 
uh, podcast. You're going to go here for all the journalists. You're going to make sure your pitches are like this. And she gave me the entire breadth of her experience as a public relations CEO in 10 minutes. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me that I never thought possible. And it is the reason that you and I are sitting here having this beautiful conversation. This is very inspiring, DC. You had the right vision on how to approach this commercial in a way that it is relevant and fresh during these difficult times. And with your learning approach, you were able to get the most out of the recommendations of the marketing CEO. I'm actually also learning a lot from you in just 10 minutes. Hey, but I mean, but this is this is taking a lifetime. And that's why I tell this story like I do, because people, there's nothing that you can't do. Right. You have to think differently. I love when people come to me with problems. I love the people come give me excuses because I'm not even thinking about that problem. I'm thinking about the solution. I'm like, really? Okay, so what's the solution? And I, it's funny. I had an actress friend and she was like, DC, I'm so distraught. I was like, why? She's like, I did this. I worked all week on this audition and my computer messed up and I couldn't turn in the audition. And I did, I done know I did a good job and I worked. So I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you've given me the glass half empty. What's the glass half full? Huh? It's like, what was the glass? What's the glass half full? Did you even think what's the good part of all this? She's like, she couldn't even tell me. I said, baby, the glass half full is that you did the work. Exactly. You're a better actress now than you were a week ago. You were never going to get that audition. Maybe you were going to get that audition, but it's not about a quid pro quo. It's about doing the work, right? If someone comes to me and, you know, complains, I always say, what's the solution? And they can never tell me because they're all stuck in their own misery and their own, you know, self-loathing and all that stuff, all those things. And I'm like, all I do is think solutions. And I love to be wrong, right? Because yeah, yeah. being wrong is the path to being right. And being wrong, especially like you ever have those debates or those arguments with people that they just argue because they love to argue and they love to be, they love to win. And that's what validates them. And they just, you know, they will argue and they'll start making up stuff just to win an argument. And then they just can't be wrong. And then they just go down a rabbit hole and I just entertain them. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll banter with them, but I've already stopped. Right. And I'm just letting them go because I can say I'm I, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I am wrong. But they keep going and going down in that hole, that rabbit hole of making things up and just wanting to be right. And what they don't realize is that all the stuff they've been making up, they now believe. And now they are truly lost. When I have an open mind because I've killed my ego. I've killed my pride. I've taken it out of that conversation. And now my mind is open to the solution and open to anything that could come to me that's positive because over my life, I have acquired the ability to take any negative and, you know, any negative um, emotion, hate, fear, envy, loathing, despair, jealousy, fear. Don't react. Because when you react, you do stupid things. 
Don't react. Put it in your pocket. Let it marinate. And I guarantee you, when you bring it back out, it will be positive fuel for you to move forward and overcome anything you want. Perfect example. I'm an actor. So if I'm going to argue with, with this girl last week and she pissed me off, I don't really react. I put it in my pocket. And now I have a audition that requires that. So instead of me trying to find the character or be a character or be a caricature or make something up, all I do is pull these vast array of experiences out of my pocket. And now the character becomes me and it's real. So you learned with her and you are going to use it. Use yes. it acting. You, I use it if there's something, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I use it. If something somebody tells me, man, that don't even work, I use it. Because now you, what you've done is you've given me positive energy to overcome everything. I can apply it to everything. And I love when things are hard because I know everybody else is not going to do it. So I welcome the challenge, right? It's only going to be a few of us that do it. All my mentors that teach me, they are blown away by how I switch it up and do different things. I do four, I do three or four of these a day, right? Because this is my therapy. Podcast is therapy. I don't want a podcast. I want to be a guest on a podcast. Because I'm looking at you right now and I'm looking at you and you are, your mind is racing and you're like, I cannot believe this podcast. I cannot, I did not think this was going to go this way. I thought we were going to talk about, whoop, there it is and his career and blah, blah, blah. And we have talked about none of that, but whoop, there it is, is the genesis of all of this. Yeah. Whoop, and there I'm it is, is the thing that got me to where I'm at, but it's the thing that, you know, we signed a messed up contract. So it wasn't ideal. I went through some tragic, tragic stuff. I went through some hard work. I went, you know, instead, but me being me, instead of, you know, I'm in a messed up contract. We had a good four years. We had, we had a lot of money, but it was a dispute. And now two record companies are fighting over the rights to wound. There it is. And I'm pissed off because our career is stifled. And I didn't look at the glass half empty. I looked at the glass half full. I said, hey, you'll get your day in court. But until then, basically become a paralegal. Learn what they're talking about. Learn what emotion is. Learn what the legal language is so you can understand it. Make sure you got all the org organize all of that discovery, organize all of your paperwork. So when you go to court and when you have to get a lawyer, your lawyer won't have to do the work. And I did that for 20 years. Right. I did that for 20 years because when we used to go to the record company in L.A., they would give us a big stack of papers and all kind of, you know, double stuff. And I just put it in a FedEx box, sent it to my mom. My mom put it in a trunk in the basement and I had it all. And then I organized it. I followed the case. I understood what they were doing. And when it came time, we hired a beautiful lawyer and I gave her a big box of discovery. And it saved me half the cost because they didn't have to do the research because I had created four or five narratives on my own. And then they created the narratives and we prevailed. Right. And it came at a cost, right? It came at a cost because it's not, it's, it's hard. You know, you look in war, you lose a leg, you lose an arm, you come back with an eye patch, but I'm still breathing. And it's up to me to keep it moving. And all this time I've been 
helping myself, working myself, getting better, learning how to learn. You know, after the, the financial thing, I said, you know what? You need to start a company. And that's why my company now is CLG Investment Sync, because I was going to have a hedge fund, but it didn't turn into that. But I said, you know what? To learn how to do a company, run your life like a corporation. I was like, ooh. I was like, okay, let me run my life like a corporation. And what does a corporation do? And I just started studying. I was like, okay, you got to do this for yourself. You got to do this for yourself. You got to make sure you got an accountant. Make sure you got a bookkeeper. Make sure you, uh, you know, you get incorporated. What kind of company you're going to be? I'm a, I'm a C, uh, a, a C corp. Okay, you're going to be a C corp. So this is the tax burden for C corps. But they make it good for C corps because, you know, they make it to where you can keep some of your money. Right. You just have to know what to do. So I learned how to do all that. I had great advisors, but then I couldn't find a bookkeeper. So I end up learning QuickBooks myself. And now I'm a master at QuickBooks. I know where every penny goes. Right. And I've ran my life like a corporation. I got my credit right. I got corporate credit. Right. You know, I know what to do. I know how to keep minutes, even though it's just me. I do all the things that a corporation would do run my life like a corporation and it helps you flourish. Now, none of this is easy or as flawless like I'm making it seem. And I'm lazy and I'm just as lazy, just as procrastinating, just as just as full of excuses as everybody else. But the key is and the difference is, is that, you know, if I'm, you know, I don't want to do all this stuff, but I do it anyway. Mm -hmm. do it anyway because i've learned that hey you didn't have to do it but you did it and don't you feel better <laughs> right i felt better you know just like i was saying jack of all trades master of none everybody's like you know i'm like cool that's not true though because if you live long enough hustle hard enough don't give up and you keep learning how to learn you become masterful at some of those trades and then they all come back to serve you in ways you could never imagine. They become part of you. You don't even think about them. And they help you figure out solutions instead of dwelling on your problems. And you're always moving forward. And that is my spiel. That is my story. And if you have any more questions. Wow. Beautiful. I'm I love this expression learning how to learn. Learn how to learn. And, wow, that's beautiful. And DC, what do you miss the most from the 90s? I don't miss anything because it's all a part of me. I cherish it now. It's funny. It's funny you say that because I'm figuring out how can I in this new technology make these mixes and do these little things that I got to do for our show because it's hard, right? In this morning, right? I said, go back to the old school and use the new technology like you would in the old school, right? So don't go get a whole new thing that you got to learn how to use. Go get a digital turntable. Go get everything that you used to, get the things that you would have used to use and get the digital versions of them. And now what you've learned through a lifetime will, will is just like riding a bike, it comes back to you. Now you can do it the digital way, the way you know how to do it. And I've cut my time in six months. And that's what I'm about to do today. I'm about to go get me this turntable. I'm about to go get the Serato. I'm about to go get all the things that I need 
to do what I need to do right now. And it took me, it took me this long to figure it out, right? It took me this long to say, hey, you know how to do these things. It's the technology that's getting in your way. And I've been learning, right? I've been learning. It's not like I'm, you know, but there are things that I want to do. And the things I want to do, I am going back to the 80s and 90s when I was a kid and I was loving to be a DJ and I had two turntables and a microphone. I thought I was the greatest thing ever. And I learned how to DJ and I got better at DJing and I was a good DJ to make mega mixes, do all these things. And I can still do them better than I've ever done them. But I have to figure out the vessel and I figured out the vessel this morning. Go get the things that you used back then, but in technological digital form. And now we're cranking. You see how everything becomes new again. Everything old becomes new again. And all those things that you learned back in the day are not obsolete because there's a digital version of them today. DC, thank you very much for taking time from your hectic schedule to talk to us and share your wisdom and experience. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed your genuine perspective and advice and are eager to put them in practice. I want to thank you. And I'm blessed to have you because platform and run my mouth. And I promise you that I learn more from talking than anything. It's another learn how to learn tactic because I feel that I have a responsibility to this planet or just to people who want to listen to me to just tell them the things and have conversations with them about the things I wish somebody had had conversations with me when I was a young man. Right. And I'm very giving of everything that I do of all my information. I don't I don't hold it back because that's my responsibility. And my motto is you give what you want first. Always. Exactly. Always. There is no quid pro quo. You just give what you want first. If I give a wine no $5 because he said he wants to get something to eat and go get some wine, I can't be mad after I give it. You can't because there is no quid pro quo. You gave that out the kindness of your heart. You'll get it back. Mm-hmm. And, and and everything will write itself out so but i don't worry about stuff like that anyway so i leave you with that i appreciate you having me on and to all your listeners sprinkle sprinkle <laughs> thank you and come back come back yes ma'am, please. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.